I think the biggest risk is, is more shipping delays. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, as always, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. How about you, Todd? And I'm doing fantastic. Um, we're so freaking busy, Matt. It's unreal, which is good. It's funny. You know, funny, maybe not funny, maybe not funny, haha, just funny, interesting. Um, so there's times where I've got, I feel like I'm letting my investors down by not bringing them opportunities. And then there seems like there's times where I'm like, holy cow, I don't have enough investors. I need to hurry up and find more because I've got way too many deals. And I don't think they can all find my de these deals. I've got too, much, too many opportunities. And yeah, my current investors want to take advantage of those opportunities, but I've got too many coming. So it's just, it's an interesting, it's like, it seems like one side is starving or the other side is starving. Um, and it's, it, uh, right now I'm going, man, I got to figure out how can I grow my investor database this year? How do I bring more investors into our database that are truly interested with partnering with us that, you know, think we've got a good value proposition and they, they like the opportunity they want to, you know, they want to, um, you know, get the cash flow, get the upside, all that kind of stuff. And so, there's always that balance, right? Because now if I bring all these new investors in, I got to keep on finding new deals because then that takes away from my current investors if I don't find the new deals. And so uh, there's, there's that, ah, you got to get more investors. Ah, I got to get more deals. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's never a perfect uh, match. It feels like, but you know, that's, that's, that's how it goes. That keeps it interesting, I suppose. It does. It keeps it exciting and interesting for sure. So that's, that's definitely on my plate right now on my mind is, all right, what do we, what do we need to do to grow our investor database? How do we grow our investor database? Um, and, and I don't want to, so I was talking with another um, investor uh, like myself, syndicator, and his goal was to grow his investor database by a pretty large number. Um, but his idea was just to get those people, those numbers in, and that'll then take care of itself. I would like more, I, well, I would like less people, but more percentage of people that are actually going to invest, right? So if that makes sense. So I don't, I don't need a thousand people to be added to my investor database. If I can add 100 investors that are actually going to invest in, in our opportunities that actually, you know, want those opportunities and actually are going to take action. Right. I want people that are going to take action. Um, which is why when I do my raises, by the way, Matt, when I, I do my raises, a lot of people that do the raises, they ask for soft commitments. Give us a soft commitment. By the way, your soft commitment, you don't, it doesn't mean anything, right? You're just, you're just putting your name on the list. And then if you decide you like the deal later, 
go ahead. But if you drop out, no big deal. I don't like that. I like people that make decisions. So I don't ever push out a soft commit. Now, certainly if somebody makes a change, if somebody says, hey, I'm not going to invest in this deal, we're not going to say, well, you're banned from us. But um, we're not promoting that because I personally am a firm believer that successful people make decisions and they stick to those decisions. And so I want people that are decisive, make good decisions and stick to those decisions. So there, and so that's the type of investor I want. I want them on my list and I want them to be the ones that are actually making the commitments because they're going to follow through. I don't want a bunch of people that are just on my list, filling up my list. So uh, always a challenge. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you're always going to have people that are just watching always and ne- you know, never take action, but for sure. Uh, I mean, for sure. I'm not, I'm not going to limit it. Right. I'm not going to like tell those people they can't look at our emails. They can't look at our deals, but you know, those, those people that we, we actually go through our, our uh, list and do delete people that are not engaging. Um, And so I hire a person every year to go through and delete the people that are not engaging uh, with us at all. So that way we can clean our, our contacts out a bit. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, for the people who maybe look at the, your emails and such, but never invest, you never know, like they might know somebody that, that could refer to you that would invest. Uh, so it's, yep. so, you but know, real estate is real. at all, hmm. then I just, it doesn't make sense, right? If they have 0% open rate and they've been in my list for, you know, two years, that just means they're they're just they're not engaged. They're, they don't yep. care. Um, and quite frankly, Matt, you and I were talking about this before, and this is different than what we were going to talk about today. But um, the one of the problems. Uh, so for those who are a syndicator or wanting to be a syndicator, one of the problems with having a mail service like a Mailchimp or a Constant Contacts or anything like that is that your emails are oftentimes going into junk mail or the promotions or the non-focused inbox. So for instance, Matt, I I said this to you is, I didn't even realize, but I set up my Google, my Gmail account. I set that up in as a subscriber, apparently. Well, I found out yesterday, I was checking spam for some reason, I can't remember why. I think I threw some, I think, I think I, I had an email that was supposed to be coming in. I, I was like, what, what the heck? Why didn't it come in? So I checked my spam. And then I see my emails in there that I sent for my uh, latest raise that I'm doing. And so I'm like, those are all going into my spam folder. This is crazy. This is me emailing myself and it's going into my spam folder. So how many people are getting my emails, but they're going directly to spam or directly to promotions or directly to some sort of other, you know, inbox that is just really off of our minds. Right. And so we were talking about how do we actually engage with those people? Because they may be interested in investing. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, I haven't been getting Todd's emails, but I really want to get them. <laughs> go into your junk mail, go into your promotions and like check out what's going on there. Cause my emails are probably coming to you. They're just somehow getting uh, rerouted, you know, somewhere. 
Uh, but the idea is how do we reach out to everybody that potentially wants the opportunity? Because some people do, some people don't, and that's fine, right? They don't, they don't have any interest in investing and maybe they'll unsubscribe or maybe they just like seeing the emails and the engagement, but they, they aren't going to invest. Um, and, and again, that's fine. But for the people that want the opportunity are wondering, well, when's, when's the next deal coming? And they're not getting it. I don't want them to completely lose out either. Right. And so we're having that conversation, Matt, and we're trying to figure out, okay, what's the best way to do that? Is it to send a uh, text message? Is it to uh, do a, a phone call, voicemail type thing? Um, you also don't want to be, I think as a syndicator, or at least myself, I don't want to be spammy. Right. I don't want to sound, first of all, I don't want to sound desperate because that's typically we're not, I mean, we're filling our deals up pretty quickly and, and we're not desperate. Like people want to invest, then we want you to invest. If you don't want to invest, I don't want you to invest. I don't want anybody to feel pressured to invest because uh, that's just a bad situation for everybody. So, you know, we don't want to sound salesy. We don't want to sound spammy. Spammy is the right word, salesy, whatever. But we don't want to sound spammy to people. We don't want to bring that kind of vibe to them. So I don't want to be emailing and texting and calling and all that kind of stuff nonstop. But at the same time, we also don't want to lose. We don't want to not provide an opportunity to somebody that's looking for an opportunity, right? Oh, yeah, I hear you. Like, uh, if there was uh, somebody that I wanted to invest with and they had sent me an email about an upcoming deal, but it went to my spam. So I never even saw it, but then I discovered it like a few months down the road, I'd look back and like, Oh, I really wanted oh, to shoot. invest in that deal. Like, Oh, I missed right. out because of the stupid spam. Um, so, you know, yeah. I've gotten like uh, uh, my bank used to like their emails used to go to my spam. So I had to uh, go and manually add their email address to my contacts. Uh, and so that it would start going to my inbox instead of the spam. Yeah. So sometimes as the, as the receiver, you're going to have to actually do some of the work, but you don't know to do the work. If, if it's like, like for, for instance, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't remember when I set my Gmail account up into my MailChimp. It's been so long, right? It wasn't like a month ago or six weeks ago or something like that. It's probably been a year or more uh, because I don't even recall when I did it. And so those have all been going to my junk mail and not that I would like, I don't read my own emails, but um, for some reason I set it in there just for probably a test email. Um, and then, you know, goes to my junk. So that's yeah, happening and it, to a lot of people. Exactly. And if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. <laughs> so you don't even look to see like, Oh, I'm missing out on stuff. You just don't realize it. Yep. And so really important for, for syndicators and actually for passive investors, if you're signed up for other people's lists, you're wondering where those emails are, maybe check your, your junk mail. But for syndicators, I think uh, engagement with your investors uh, is really helpful. And that can be difficult as you get more and more investors, right? Uh, it's difficult to engage with all, all of them. One thing that we, we uh, do and will continue to do is we hold an investor dinner once a year. And so that, you know, is engagement right there. But again, if they're, if everything's going to spam, they've never had an opportunity. So some sort of other engagement um, is really important. A little bit of follow-up, 
uh, we we've talked about when we enter somebody because usually usually what will happen is we'll get an inquiry or we'll get an introduction. We get a lot of investor referrals, so I get a lot of investors who have invested us with the past in the past, and they refer uh, a friend or a family or somebody a coworker to us. And so so it's either a referral or a request made through a website or something like that. And uh, so one of the processes that we're looking at, um, how do we engage more with them? And uh, one of those is a follow-up email, personal email, just to their email after we set them into our database system and have sent them their first email, say, hey, we did send, set you up in our email database system. If you did not get the email that went out on you know, Wednesday, March 14th, whatever, um, you know, please check in your spam folder, your promotions folder, and um, let us know if you don't find it. All right. Yeah, I think that would that would help a lot. It takes a lot more work to do, right? Mm. Because you have to personally email, but you're not personally emailing all thousand people or two thousand people or five thousand people on your list. You're just doing it one at a time. But again, it's more engagement. But we want more engagement with our investors. That's that's really important. And it's really hard to do. Everybody's busy and is including myself. And, you know, so everybody's busy. So it's hard to, it's hard to do. Hey, the North Star Real Estate Conference is back. It's May 2nd and 3rd. And this year it's a bit different. We're going to be hammering in on multifamily real estate. And we're going to show you asset management, value add strategies, raising millions of dollars through syndication and how to find those hidden gems in today's market that are just so tough to find. And one of the biggest things I'm excited to bring you is industry experts that you're gonna be able to put on your team so you can hit the ground running day one. So join us May 2nd and 3rd at the North Star Real Estate Conference. Look forward to seeing you there. So Matt, that's not what we were talking about today. What are we talking about today? What's our topic? Well, we're actually going to talk about the impacts of the war in Ukraine on real estate here in the U.S. Yep. So um, I think right now, as far as right now goes, so a lot that, you know, I like to talk about what's currently going on, right? Because that, that's, that's important. A lot of people have concerns. Uh, and so let's talk about those concerns. And so the, one of the concerns is what's going on with the war. Of course, we get gas prices, inflation, interest rates, and those are all uh, concerns as well. And you know, how's this going to affect business? How's it going to affect real estate? And right now I'd say, first of all, it's, it's a little too early to tell because this is a war between Russia and Ukraine and it's pretty much that's it. Right. And so is if the war continues like it is uh, between Russia and Ukraine and the U S doesn't step in or China doesn't step in, or, you know, other countries don't really step in other than the small help they're doing. And we got some sanctions happening and, and stuff like that. But as far as how is it going to affect real estate in the U.S., how is it going to affect business in the U.S., how is it going to affect inflation in the U.S., I would say pretty much nothing um, or very, very little. Now, if this war becomes more global, right, people have talked about this is potentially the start of World War III. If this becomes much more global, then we're talking a totally different story which we'll have to do another podcast episode at that time because um, that certainly could drastically affect the economy, real estate, and everything involved, uh, involved right? If, if we have, uh, you know, 
Russia and China team up or, or Korea or, you know, whatever you name it. Um, you know, all of a sudden we've got this big world war three happening. Yeah, certainly. We've got some major problems going on and we've got probably major effects in the economy overall and really with, with real estate. Now, one thing I'll say about real estate is people have to have a place to live and, um, multifamily is still going to be a strong place, a strong asset. People need places to live. They will still live in multifamily. The big, the big thing that could happen that'll affect multifamily in a negative way is if things get really bad, people start to double up, triple up, live with each other. And that creates higher vacancy rates. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, there's there sort of minor things that are impacted as well with the raising gas prices, uh, shipping costs are going to go up. And so, you know, that's going to uh, impact the, the cost of utility or of appliances and things like that. Yeah. And, and probably cause, I think a big worry in my opinion is certainly inflation is causing some, some stress and pain for people. Um, it's interesting that we we pushed or not we necessarily but a lot of people pushed for $15 minimum wage and basically got it right it's not $15 minimum wage but pretty hard to to as an employee as an employer to offer an employee less than much too much less than $15 an hour right and in most at least in most places that I'm around you see signs at you know very entry level jobs for 12 to $18 an hour. Um, you don't see starting at seven or starting at $8. Like that's just, that's just not happening right now. But what happened quickly is that those extra big wages got swallowed up by inflation <laughs> or are getting swallowed up by inflation. Um, so yeah, the lower tier all of a sudden went from getting paid $8 an hour to getting paid you know, $14 an hour. And, but their expenses have been going up drastically as well and are continuing to go up. And so they could continue to go up. They could really go up uh, as this, you know, goes on. And I think uh, regardless, I think the biggest risk is, is more shipping delays, right? Can't get materials again. And, and it's still, difficult by the way to get materials so any disruption causes even more pain and if you've got war you've got shipping issues that's just how it is you're not gonna have a bunch of ships around in the ocean with bombs going off everywhere um it's just gonna cause shipping delays it's gonna cause port ports to back up um, resources have to go other places they go to the military they don't necessarily go to um, the companies that are shipping and, and the ports that are needed and, and that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, and with uh, this all means that there's less new stock that's coming on the market or it's harder to bring new stock into the market. So the pre-existing- well, that's, that's true. Yeah, the pre-existing stuff is gonna be more in demand uh, even yeah. than it already is. So I anticipate at least for the short term, things are gonna keep on going up in uh, value for real estate. But uh, I mean, if World War III breaks out, <laughs> all cards are off the table. It's a, it's a new game. We got to figure out what's going on then. 
Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a good point. I mean, you know, it's the shipping delays are not necessarily a horrible thing for multifamily um, because it does stop or slow down building, um, especially building materials uh, go up drastically. People can't afford to build. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Let's buy something pre-existing and do a renovation to it. Now the renovation goes up quite a bit, right? Because you've got shipping delays there, expenses. So we've dealt with that firsthand on on all of our properties. So we got a, a deal right now. I think it's safe to talk about it because uh, we're not really raising uh, for that deal, but we've got a deal that we're doing and it's a large renovation. We have put a budget, an extra million and a half in reserves to be able to cover delays, construction delays that'll cause us to have to dip into potentially reserves. Um, and we've got, you know, just also potentially increase in costs of actually renovating. Plus we, so that's, a, that's a million and a half. Plus we actually have another 10% overage. So we've got a lot of money built in to put these potential construction delays, these potential increase in pricing, increase in labor, uh, materials, all that kind of stuff. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we can get by and we can take that money and redistribute it back to our investors. But we've got it there because of the uncertainty that's going on in the markets. We want to make sure we're covered. We don't want to get stuck because if you get stuck in the middle of construction, that's a painful spot to be in. And that's when you need to dump the property and all of a sudden lose money. Yeah. It uh, reminds me of that uh, movie from the eighties, uh, the money pit starring uh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. It can happen quickly. These properties can be a money pit. And so if you don't have the extra money set aside, you know, you're going to get stuck in that money pit. And I, I mean, that reminds me of one of my very first syndications that I did. It was, it was kind of a money pit. We kept on coming up into more problems and more problems and more problems. And the biggest mistake I made on that property is that I didn't have enough reserves. And so ever since then, my reserves, my reserve accounts have gotten more and more uh, fluffy, right? So my next project I had a nice reserve account, but the next project after that, the reserve account was even bigger as, as far as a percentage of the renovation. And now it's as, as of today, as of this deal I'm doing right now, it's the biggest as far as a percentage wise as it's been. And one of the easiest ways to show investors boosted returns is to get rid of those. I could easily show my investors because that's all cash, by the way. It's not finance. That's straight cash. I could easily show my investors a very, very attractive return if I got rid of those reserves. If I just said, we don't need those. We're just going to raise because we're good. And the risk would significantly increase as well. Significantly increase. So anything that happens, anything goes wrong, we're not covered. So how do you, how do you cover it? So I think, uh, you know, look, uh, Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine, I, what's going to happen there? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Right now, as far as business, as far as real estate, um, we're in a pretty good position. I don't see 
it affecting us in very negative way. Um, it certainly it could a little bit uh, as far as supply chain goes, as far as labor goes. But uh, right now, I would say it, it's not creating much of an impact in the U.S. Now, again, as we've said, it could change. This breaks out into World War III. Certainly, it could definitely change uh, how things are going. But as of now, still a good time to buy. Yes, sir. All right, man. Uh, anything else? Nope, not for today. All right. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks, you too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.